Good morning, ladies. Hey. I'm Emily. And I'm Satricia. And welcome to the Messy Faith Podcast. Welcome. Come on in. Because life's messy. But God already paid the maid. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies, we got a great episode for you today. Today, we're talking about the pressure of being who you're supposed to be. Yes, or who you think God wants you to be. Or who others think you're supposed to be. Yes. It's a very, very compound problem. It is. And we're going to dive right into it. Let's dive. Let's dive. Where the heck does this pressure come from? You answer that first. Let's hear your answer. No, I just said it out loud. (laughs) I think this pressure, I don't know. I think it comes from a really, really young age, right? So you go to school. They want you to learn to read. Yeah. Like at every point in your life, somebody is coax- coaxing in a good way, uh-huh. but like to grow, stretch and grow. So like, come walk here, honey. Come walk here. Like mm-hmm. these are all natural, but like it's a form of like pressure. Not saying that that's bad because pre- yeah. pressure is good. Sometimes it's pre- diamonds, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And and babies. Um, <laughs> pressure is good. Uh, but I think when it comes to a place of unhealthiness. So yeah. but we learned that pattern of pressure that again, that's neutral through everything. Learning to walk, learning to read. Learning to study, learning to, you know, going through our education or if you're on the street, getting to the next day. Yeah. So it's from getting where you are to there. And then there's pressure with that. Yeah. So I think it's from all aspects. And I think it comes from you wanting to get there or you thinking you have to to please somebody. Yes. Um, I don't know. I would say it comes from culture, too, because culturally... In the black community, the urban community, we'll have to find a word that works. But in that community, we're community minded. Mm -hmm. And so I heard a good example. If someone is at a restaurant and say they're black and they're acting crazy, the first thought, usually culturally in our mind, is, man, he's making us look bad. Oh, snap. Yes. And I heard, I don't know because I'm not culturally white (laughs) but I heard that you guys don't think that way it's like oh that person's acting crazy but for us it's a you're making us all look bad and I think that comes from so many different things that we could like go deep on but this is not the um, episode for that but there's this pressure that has been passed down through generations I don't know if it started back in slavery or when we got free or or how but there's this pressure of presenting ourselves with a certain level of excellence so that we can be treated with a certain level of di- dignity or respect. Oh, my and word. when we're not, then we're treated or looked at as like, oh, they're just ghetto. Oh, look at them over there. And it's something that may seem vain or like, oh, your child's hair not done. Or you have on just your sloppy, comfortable clothes and you go to the market. Yeah. Well, when you're looking like that, people treat you differently. And from experience, when I'm dressed like together, not even like a prom dress, but together, I'm treated a certain way. I'm treated better. I'm listened to. I'm heard. I'm, people greet me with a smile. I smile. They smile back. But if I have a messy ponytail and just my big sweats and oversized sweater or something, I'm not treated with that same, that same smile and warmness. And so I think culturally for me, some of the pressures of perfection is um, because wanting or desiring to be treated with a certain level of dig- dignity and respect. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, that is deep. We say oh we're going gosh. in the deep end. I know. That's we could have so stayed heavy. at three, but that, that's 12 feet. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm no. sorry. I don't know. Like, 
No, there's that's, nothing. That's, that's just, just what it is. It's the reality, but that like that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. So you're like, ooh, catch my breath on that I one. Know. <laughs> Come jeez, back up for air. Jeez, jeez, jeez. I was like, do we go deep and be real? Or do we, you know? So, okay. So it comes from society. Yeah. And then it comes from who we think we should be. Yes. To yeah. fit into that society. Yes. Dang. Dare I say. Not even think we should be who people who they've told us we should be. Straighten your hair. Don't wear it in an afro. Don't wear these styles. You know what I mean? That's against yeah. dress code. So I think it's who we've been told we're supposed to be in order to not look savage. Oh my or gosh. to be. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy so then cow. when your child I don't know if that's the next question, but if when your child is acting out in public, being a child, like a normal child, yeah, there's a pressure of like, get your children together because you're going to look like a savage or other parents are going to be like, oh, they don't got no home training, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this I feel other that one. pressure. Yeah, it's this pressure to have your children in order too and have them sitting down. They can't be wild because if they're wild, then they're a thug or if they're wild, then they're a problem or they're, you know what yeah. I mean? They're on their way to jail. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it, it would be um, like just the pressure to be a good parent. Yeah. I guess is the only way I could, re you know, mm -hmm. could relate in some way is that like when they're throwing a fit in public, I'm like kind of embarrassed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or um, if they're fighting too much, I'm like, I'm not a good parent because my kids fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a story I, I tell too. myself a lot. Yeah. Um, or that, you know, if my if my my children aren't exhibiting like joy and love and patience, mm -hmm. I'm not a very good Christian parent. Hmm. Like, uh. see, OK, so this is one. OK, I guess we just went deep because this is the one I'm struggling with right now, like uh -huh. raising teens. Is that like I'm like, have I failed? <laughs> I say oh. this to Matt often. I was like, have I failed them? Of course not. Because like we're not we're not exuding like fruits of the spirit here. It's like a. <laughs> bloody bad orchard <laughs> like it's like not pretty but there are times when everybody gets along and we play games and they're silly and they're wrestling but a lot of the time it's like cat fights and yeah who's on their period this week and uh -huh. like we got three teenagers and me so <laughs> uh, like we're either all on it or we're going through like pms the entire month i guess and that comes from how people are going to look at us. So I yeah. guess the, the, some of that pressure comes from ourselves mm -hmm. of worrying about how people are going to see us. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. What do you feel about like the pressure to be, is there any pressure on you to be like spiritually mature? For sure. I, I would say more so in the past than now. I feel like I'm, I've been delivered from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but pre-delivery, we'll get it. We'll get into that. But, but um, where but did that, yes. what type of pressure were you under? By um, your, by community, like church is good. Like, you know, the church, there is no plan B. Like mm -hmm. God's people together in community is the way you're going to do it. Yeah. But we're not saying that every community is pretty or doing it right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in that vein, what, what did you come out of, I guess, or what were some of the pressures that, that, that you felt? The, the pressure of your children being in order for sure. Even, that, at, even in your church community? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Because culturally, I, I'm it, that word's going to come up a lot because it's just the reality of it. It's like if you can't manage your household, then you can, then how can you lead anywhere else? Um, oh. But there's a heavy pressure on that. Like if your children are wild or acting out, it's like you don't even have control at home. How can you have control here? You know, or be in any form of leadership or mature mature place if you can't even manage your house. 
And so that pressure and then a pressure to be spiritually deep and, you know, I, I don't know how to say it because I don't want to mock ever um, the church or God's people. But okay, don't say it as mocking. Just give me your interpretation of your experience. That's yeah. true. Nobody can I'm just, refute I'm that. I'm just mindful of that. I don't ever want to be, I never want to be, you know, in a family, you never want to make your sister, your brother, you know, yeah. shame them. So that's true. But, um, but yeah, just this pressure to be deep spiritually and to have it together, have it figured out to not be struggling with anxiety or depression, you know, like even therapy was not looked at as like a good or positive thing. It was like, if almost like you're, if you're weak, you go to therapy or if you're, you know what I mean? Like there's something wrong if you go to therapy or if you need help in some kind of way, because you're supposed to be able to pray, pray it off or, you know, any facet way, yeah. stuff like that. So, and that's my experience. It might not be everyone's. No place is perfect. I've been taught so many things to do and so many things not to do everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful for that. But I think some things that I learned unintentionally were things that I couldn't I couldn't do for other reasons, like the the spiritual disciplines. And I, again, I, we have a whole episode on neurodivergent. It's just going to spill out of me because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm one yeah. of those people. But like, I always felt not good enough mm. because that pressure to especially being like on staff on some of these things is the pressure to keep that up. It it kind of turned me into a performance like salvation based performance unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Like that was like the, uh, a side effect I didn't realize until I realized that the reason I was doing thing was to prove myself to God, Mm -hmm. like to prove my worth in people's eyes. But really it was (coughs) in God's eyes. And I didn't understand that for a long time. And I was like, Whoa, snap. Yeah. Crap. Yeah, that's exactly. And I think for me, I felt myself in the performance, but not like performance like a show because everything in my heart really wanted to be genuine. And so I was so hard on myself because it was like, I have to be disciplined. I have to almost to the the point where I was smothering who I really was. Yeah. From a pure place. Not like in front of you, I'm going to be this way. Hi. And then at home. No, in front of you at home, everywhere, when I'm tired, I just have to have it together. I just have to hold it together. So then feeling like you're failing when it's not happening because happening, you know, yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. you're trying to attempt. But yes. Just this. Or you're looking at everybody else mm-hmm. and you see <clears throat> that they got it together. Like you like peek at their Bible <laughs> and they got all this stuff in there. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Or they're like in my quiet time today and you're like, I'm in a quiet time in like four days. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, and again, we don't have a window into their world. So yeah. we're just totally like fabricating what we think it is. Mm-hmm. But it's true that like that fuels unhealthy pressure yeah. is when we're looking at what we think they're doing mm-hmm. um, and we're not able to do. Yeah. And I was the one that had the highlights and in my prayer time and, Every single day I'm in the word and every single day I'm praying and every single day or at least once a week I'm fasting. And I was like, I was determined I was going to get it right. It's going to be deep and holy. Okay. So question, <laughs> question from that pressure mm-hmm. and, and, and doing that, do you, where, where do you feel now? Like, so like you, obviously we're both close to God. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like you have some practices that you still practice today yeah. and, and habits that you do. What is the difference in them now, as opposed to your, your unhealthy strive for excellence? So based on pressure, there's a saying that don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what I've had to learn to do. I hear a lot of people talk about like deconstructing their faith and stuff like that. Yes. It's like yes. A, a big, big thing happening, you know, with um, within this generation. But I so I went through a phase where I was like, forget all this. I'm just I don't care, you know. And I was like, okay, that's not like either extreme, like either way, either way, however you say that, is not good. Yeah. And so I went the other way where I was just like, forget all this. I'm not going to do any of this. And then God had to bring me kind of in a place like in the middle where it's like, yes, I should be actively in, in a form of relationship with God daily. How that looks should be led by the Holy Spirit, not according to a structure or a plan that says, did you pray for 20 minutes today or an hour today? If you did, then you're good. Did you do this many scriptures? I removed the boundaries of how much and allow the, now I freely allow the Holy Spirit. Um, I think it's, it's making sure that we're not religious in either way. Like I don't want to be so religious where I have these boxes that I have to check off. And if I don't, then now I'm not approved, but also not be so free and deliberate that I'm just like taking advantage of grace. And I'm like, I don't have to read my, my Bible or spend time with the Lord. Cause Jesus paid it all. Well, well, any relationship you have with anyone requires quality time. Yeah. And so it's the freedom of like, how are you leading me? It might be a day where I'm chewing on one scripture throughout the whole day. As I'm driving, I'm saying a prayer to God as I'm like doing, you know, and then there's days where I'm actually like in the depths of studying and I'm studying and I'm like, Oh, it's so good. I don't want to get out of it. And it might be an hour. It might be two hours. And so I think the freedom to be authentically where you're at in whatever season of relationship with God without the the legalism of yeah. it wasn't an hour, so it's not that yes. good. It might have been five minutes today, and maybe the Holy Spirit's going to move in your life with that five minutes versus an hour of I'm just forcing myself to do it because I think this is what I'm supposed yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. It's more about the authenticity, like being authentic. like. Yeah. Is me and my word, is this authentic? Now, I think we should do some things to form habits. Like even when you don't feel it, you right. should. Because the ebbs and flows are going to come. Yes. The dry spell's going to come. And you're yeah. like, I've read this story 50 times. Yes, but it's not judging yourself yeah. when it is five minutes. And and not judging yourself when you're, when you're kind of just disciplining yourself to have that yeah. habit. Like, no, I'm going to read my word today. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to, but not judging yourself. Like, Oh, you don't want to read it. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, yeah. right now I don't feel like it, but I have the time to, and I want to form this habit. So I'm going to read the word and maybe I might not get this glorious message from it, but I disciplined myself to do it, but I'm not going to put this like religious law on it where now judgment comes yeah. with it. And You're now... hiding that away for whenever God wants to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. You made some really good points there. And I like, this is like, you know how like in life you nerd out on something. Uh -huh. This is like something I'm like totally nerding out on right now. Not that hmm. I have deconstructed my faith, but like I said, two years ago, um, I, I said last episode I had a, you know, a mental health crisis mm -hmm. and literally everything was stripped away. Mm -hmm. Like I had to, I unlearned in like seven days, an entire 38, how old was I? 37. <laughs> I'm dating myself. <laughs> I had to de like deconstruct like everything that had been built up by the church, the world, everything was just questioned. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened is I had allergic, I had a, it was like a triangle of things happening at the, at the same time. Um, 
So I'll just tell you because then everything will make sense. I, I, thought, I already know because oh, we're okay. friends for real. Right, right, right. But yeah. So <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to die. I mm-hmm. had an allergic reaction to a medication that I was taking. So my throat closed up I'm, and I, I was just struggling in some, some deep, not sin, but like temptation. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, like judging myself heavily. And so, uh, like, it wasn't sin. I was just having a struggle, people. Even if it was. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> well, um, and so I'm sitting at my table. My throat's closing up. I see my my kids are home from school, so I'm seeing them all. And I know what's going on. I'm starting to see, I'm starting to black out now because mm-hmm. on on top of the reaction, now I'm having, it's triggered me. So mm-hmm. now I'm having a panic attack yeah. <laughs> on top of the allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then things start to close up and, and my girls are in the kitchen. I'm like, you guys. Uh, I'm going to pass out. I am. I might die. Call 911. Hmm. I literally. And so I'm like, if I pass out, call 911. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling my kids this. And as, as things are starting to get closer and closer, you know how, have you ever like passed out and you see it like closes yes, uh, everything going in slow motion. Mm-hmm. My entire life went, went through my head. Like you are a failure Aww. as a Christian. You failed your kids. Aww. Like you, like you're going to hell. Like yeah. literally the worst things I was telling myself this. And then I, I stood up and I stopped myself right before I passed out, stood up, walked around. I mean, there was like ambulance, fire trucks, all this stuff you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that point on my my body got stuck in fighter um, in in flight mode. Mm-hmm. So when I would try and go to sleep, it would be so scared that it was about to do, pass out again mm. and die that my body wouldn't let itself go to sleep because it was afraid to die. Wow. So I would lay down in bed and just flames would go up my mm. legs, which is just adrenaline shooting through <laughs> all my nerve endings. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, I mean, I was, and then I was scared to take like a uh, sleep medication because I took a pill, which caused yes, the whole yeah. thing. So like everything is like triggering. So my husband is like, he could, he didn't really know what was going on really for a couple days mm-hmm. because a few sleepless nights, what's the big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. He just thought I was, you know, going through an anxiety attack, <laughs> but I literally could not sleep. So finally at one point I was like, I can't sleep. And Aww. then like, you know, when you do something extreme, then they're yeah. like, oh crap. And then my kids are like, oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then got into the doctor, gave me like tranquilizer stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I am like standing in the kitchen like holding the pill up to my mouth and it Aww. takes everything in me just to take a simple pill that I know is going to help me. Yeah. But I'm scared that it's also going to kill me and mm-hmm. I'm not going to wake up in the morning. Yes. And so, and then like my body, it took a lot of sleep mm-hmm. aid, to get me to go to sleep because I, the, your, your, your need to survive is stinking strong. Yeah. That sucker kicks in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, finally get seven days later, mm-hmm. I wow. get some sleep. But during those seven days, what really matters? Yeah. What does God really ask me to do? Mm-hmm. What does he really expect of me? What has man just propped up and just over habit has proposed that this is what God says, or yeah. this is the way, or this is what it looks like to be spiritual. All of that had to go away so that, so that I could survive. Yeah. And the only thing that was left was me and the word and what God said in there. And yeah. literally that's how I was able to sleep And seriously, for like seven months or actually like 18 months, I was like, wake up every morning and be like, I'm alive. Yeah. The sun's out. Like God is faithful, you know, and I had to accept the rest that he gives. So there was a lot of dying to self. Um, and that's when I found out that I wasn't intentionally doing like works, like, you know, like working at a church, like doing the things that you're supposed to do in a church community. I had a good heart, 
but because I don't think I'm good enough, then I was placing that stuff as worth, like earning, earning, not my salvation, but just earning my place in God's eyes. Yeah. Like if I don't produce, Mm -hmm. like if I'm not helping building the kingdom, Mm -hmm. if I'm not learning new study, if I'm not in the word, if I'm not engaged in my community fully at some level, then, um, then I'm not worthy. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I think mine's was more, I had not a similar, like as in the same thing happened, but I mentioned in another episode, I, I think in this one too, but, um, I had a couple years ago, I had like this, like, forget this. I'm going to just rebel. I think I said that in this one, (laughs) but like, forget that. I'm going to just rebel, like whatever. When I went through that season, that's what helped deliver me from self-righteousness because before that, it was more about works. And I felt like I was qualified because of all that I was doing. Oh, snap. Because I wasn't like... We were like opposite. Yeah. I'm doing it trying to prove myself and you're like... "Mm." And a part of me, it was to prove myself. I was doing it to prove myself, but because I was successful, I felt like I was proving myself because I was having success with being consistent and like being hard on myself and you got to do this and I felt like because I I felt like authentic too because even my thoughts I would check my thoughts like I'd be like okay you have to think the right thoughts the Bible says this like everything I took it so literally I was like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna be a pure Christian I'm gonna be holy I'm not gonna be a hypocrite because I had seen so many people be hypocrites and Pharisees before that's a lot of pressure yes it was so much to where it drove me into like a deep depression and then it was like, I'm doing all this stuff right. Why do I still feel depressed? I'm doing all this right. Oh Why do I feel anxious? Yeah. And that's what drove me to like a rebellious place of like, forget all this, because I felt like I'm doing all the things that I I see the word saying to do. And why do I, why am I still struggling with depression? Why am I anxious? Why are the things in my life not going the way I dreamed and hoped for them to go? You know, if I'm being like, no, I'm not going to be that transparent, but, <laughs> but maybe another gonna, episode. We're going to peel it off, peel it off and layers. Peel it off. Yeah. <laughs> down the line. But, um, so it caused me to just be like, forget all this, like all this pressure on me, like forget this. And then when I was in that season, then I felt extremely ashamed. And then the torment of like, what have you done? Like the torment of you were just horrible. And it was just all these like thoughts of like, how dare you and all this that led me to a place of like just even the uncertainty in my life yeah. because of the decisions that I was making. Oh my gosh. Um, I was so tormented and I would have panic attacks every day because just the the uncertainty of, of what was going to happen and it's all my fault because of my decisions. And that's when I had to strip back all of that like self-righteousness and get to the point of I am righteous because Jesus is righteous. I'm standing in his righteousness. There's nothing that I could ever do to deserve what God has freely given to me. And so once I understood that, then it it removed all that religion or the pressure, I would say the pressure of needing to be perfect. And it freed me to be myself and work through the areas that I'm struggling with, work through the areas, whether it's um, as a result of trauma or work through whatever character flaws. It, it released me to freely be myself and to allow the Holy Spirit to change whatever he's saying needs to be changed versus me reading this. And it's like, I have to be all these things right now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I could. Be, it removed the pressure to not fail before. I think I put such a pressure on myself to not fail that 
it was suffocating. And so yeah. once I did fall, then it, it removed that pressure. And it's like, okay, well, here I am. And me he was and still my there raggedy, when you fell. And he was still, and he yeah. still loved me. And he yeah. said, I still called you. I'm still going to use you. You're still anointed. You're still loved by okay, me. Okay, so how did you, when you did fall and you were down there, how did you... Like, who told you that he was still there? Like, how did you come to that conclusion? So I had a spiritual, um, I not had, I have her still. <laughs> Lord, keep her here, please. Um, but no, my spiritual mom, she just poured into me. And she and she's a person that is very disciplined. She's a person that... She, she kind of has that personality type. She has, yes, A-type a yeah, personality. A, yeah, yeah. My husband is also like an A-type personality. So <laughs> there's things I struggle with that he just... He's the superhero <laughs> and authentically a superhero, not like I got it to get like he's just yeah. he can say I'm going to fast 10 days and he will just fast 10 days. And it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he makes up his mind and he just does it. That's not my story. But my <laughs> <laughs> my spiritual mom is like that as well. And during that time, she would literally call me in the morning and every day in the morning and at night. And she would give me it, send me one scripture and she would say, meditate on this. And she would pray with me and I would start my day and I would just keep on remembering that scriptures and she, all the scriptures that reminded me that I'm forgiven, all the scriptures that reminded oh me of gosh. what the word said. And then before I go to bed, she would call me and she would pray with me. We would just pray in tongues and she would pray with me. And I could cry even thinking about it because it was exactly what I needed. She's literally she, like spoon feeding you what you needed. Literally like it's like the on the ventilator, you know, yeah. like I couldn't do about myself. And so every single day for a couple months, she called me in the morning or I called her in the morning and we talked in the evening and she would just pray with me and she never judged me. I, I was 100 percent honest with her, with all my flaws, even the struggles I was having within trying to like, you know, regain my my peace, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. And she never judged me. She would hear me, but she would tell me what the word says too. she didn't baby me. She didn't like. Oh, it's okay. She would just, oh, I understand. Oh, I see how you can feel like that. The word says this. She would still give me the word, but she did it so lovingly. Oh it was goodness. never like, get over that. Yeah. You know, the word says this. Yeah. And now when I think about it, like we laugh about this too. Sometimes I would call her in panic. And now I'd be thinking about some of the stuff I would call her in panic about. It's so foolish. It would be the silliest little things. Yeah. And she would be so patient with me. And so I think that's a part, another reason why I have a passion to like be there for hurting people because she really made the difference for me in like feeling like it was possible and even like wanting to, to want to do it. Cause I wanted to, but there was just a part of me that was so defeated. And so like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That, yeah. It's like the number one way. And I love this is the number one way. Like God can like, he can call down rain from heaven. Like uh -huh. he can do anything, yeah. but he chooses most often Yes, to use a person to a person. I feel literally, I feel the Holy spirit. I feel like I could float away <laughs> because I feel like if we could focus on being more like Jesus and stop judging people, if we can focus on loving on people where they're at, instead of trying to force them to be, to be better. Yeah. Adding um, the pressure. And more, I, more pressure than we put on ourselves. Yeah. And I don't mean like accepting of like just disobedience and sin, but there's a way that you can love somebody to hell without judging them. Yes. It's I'm going to tell you the truth every time. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not going to tell you from a place of judgment. I'm going to tell you from a place of love. And an example, I guess, of that is 
if someone like I struggle with weight, right? Like I gained a lot of weight in these last couple of years and that's a whole nother story, but I know it has to do with anxiety and eating because it, it helps relieves it because your body releases endorphins. It helps. But anyways, it's a whole cycle. It's a whole cycle. It's a whole story. Talk about that another time. But um, I struggle with my weight, but imagine it, if someone is just like, I did have someone say this too. Just don't eat as much, you know, Oh, that's yeah. like, it's the truth. Yeah. But that's the but harsh judgment. Love. Yeah. That's the hard judgment. No loved. Like it is, it is what it is. But then someone can say, well, why do you eat like that? You know, what are some healthier ways that you can deal with the anxiety instead of eating? Do you, do you want to fast together or do you want to oh, go on a diet yeah, together? Yeah, yeah. It's like walking with the person as they go through it versus yes. telling them what they need to do and judging them because they're not doing it. Like I'll walk with you. Do you want to have accountability? We can talk every day. If, if that's you know permissible for your schedule, like let's talk and chat about what we ate today without judgment. And okay, you ate this. Oh, I messed up. Oh, me too. Okay. Well, what are we going to do tomorrow? You want to meal plan together? Like, Oh, let's make smoothies together. Yeah. Like yeah, there's yeah. things you could do to walk people, walk with people in their struggle, still keeping the truth because you don't want to like, Oh, it's okay. Everybody gains weight. You have four kids. Like that's true. But hold me accountable in love, you know, like walk with me through it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if we would do that, then God could use us a lot more and a lot more people can see like results in healing if we would really be like Jesus. Yeah. Well, one thing I, you know, I don't think that Jesus whatsoever uses pressure Mm-hmm. on anybody on anything that he does i think that he is uh like freaking master of everything mm-hmm. and therefore he's a master storyteller yeah. so in storytelling we have this things where you don't have a story if you don't have stakes like not the kind that you eat but like, he reveals the stakes i guess so he shows you the stakes risk and reward he- heaven or hell oh okay yeah yeah risk <laughs> and reward <laughs> like this is my way and this is not my way. Yeah. Right. So then it's clear that the stakes are that. Mm-hmm. But you you have an active choice in that. Yeah. So pressure, I believe, it alleviates the choice mm-hmm. and it leaves you with no choice. Yeah. Except for the one thing that you're pressured to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to help people realize that there is freedom in Jesus. Yes. Not just from sin or that, but from the pressure to be who the world says you are going to be. Yes. Fr- the pressure from who... Uh, the church sometimes unintentionally says you have to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, this is where this unique relationship with God comes in. And I think if we can walk with people, it Mm -hmm. relieves that pressure. So we build up this pressure. You know what pressure does? It's like compound pressure. But then like, you know, if it's got a little valve or, you know, a relief valve, you push that valve, Mm -hmm. it starts to dissipate, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's what we can do for each other. Yeah. And we forget that like dude create by dude I mean God mm-hmm. created like everything yeah and you and yeah. he says he's always with you yes. so like he's in front of you he's beside you he's in you he's around you he's all over so everywhere you go you cannot escape him there's freedom be like hey Jesus I'm walking down the sidewalk how you doing do a day you know what I'm, like it's simple mm-hmm. like it's simple even the children you know faith like a child yeah we make it like PhD complicated. We- Way too complicated. Way too complicated. Yes. In and the end, it is super simple. And I think a, a practical tool to help someone, if if your personality is the A type and maybe your spouse isn't or your children isn't, I think a way to walk with someone is to lead with questions. Yes. Not interrogation, but lead with questions instead of like, you need to do this. Why do you feel like that? Yeah. Or 
Why, why is this a struggle for you? Because then you have the opportunity to understand where they're coming from or what they're going through so that you can walk with them versus just telling them what they do. There's a scripture in the Bible. I don't remember where it's at, but it talks about Pharisees put these religious pressures on people that they can't even keep themselves. And so we have to be careful that we're not walking in that Pharisee kind of spirit. And we're just like, do this. And you didn't follow this rule and you're struggling right here. And you and know, this is why. Yeah. And this is why even to our children, we have yeah. to make sure that we're not, huh, Yeah, you didn't, you yeah, were yeah. disrespectful today, but come to them and say like one of my, my children, when I see he's being really difficult with me, sometimes I, I just ask him, I say, do you feel like you need some of mommy's attention or what's going on with you? Instead of like, you're being so disrespectful. Why are you doing this? You didn't do that. You forgot this. Why are you being wild? Instead of doing that approach, I try to lead with questions like why or how. Yeah. And uh, I wow, I'm lead. taking that nugget. <laughs> I'm going to do it, but probably not enough. Yeah. It's something I still have to remind myself, but it's something that I'm learning is, is helping because then they feel heard. Yeah. Then he's like, I haven't got any one-on-one time with you. And I, and I realize it's not just him trying to be difficult and make my life. It's just, difficult. he has a need yeah, that's and, not being met. And he doesn't know how to express it. So it's yeah. coming out in this way that looks difficult that looks disrespectful that looks out of control but um there's a root behind it that's just the the symptom I can be like I haven't figured this out I have so many things anyway so for me reading following the reading plans was super super hard for me with Uh somebody who has uh diagnosed ADHD not just some person that has been on their phone too much right like Uh since I was a kid Uh since the 80s I've had ADHD um the 80s no yeah (laughs) Well, 84, 84, that's my birthday. Um, and so I've learned to like, you know, they call it like biohacks. I've learned to hack myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't, unless I want to, it's hard for me to follow a plan. Mm-hmm. And so what I do instead is I go on these like God quests, mm-hmm. which means I have a question about mm-hmm. something in the Bible or about a, a character aspect of him. Uh-huh. And then I'll deep dive into that. And so it'll take me all over the Bible and read all yeah. these things. And I will have learned things. That's what I do too. So that's why we're so like, yes. yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if it's a five day plan, I might mm-hmm. be able to hold that. But what really keeps me what's novel for me mm-hmm. is like so i have interest my brain is literally wired to be interest-based yeah so i'm interested in god yeah but that doesn't mean i can follow your 365 day reading plan yes. so I, ju- I have a lot of questions <laughs> so then i just i literally have a document that has like over hundreds of questions mm-hmm. and i'll just pick one out or or if i get a new one and then i'll just go on that journey and then when it comes to an end i will have learned so much about his character yes. about these stories and different places in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and that just, it fuels me more than a, a reading plan. Yeah, that is but literally I'm still putting in the word in me. Yeah. That's literally how I study the Bible. Are you serious? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that works so well for me yeah. because the other things feels like it's just checking off a list. Oh, yeah. I did my devotional yeah. today, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I get excited and then I'm like, and then I want to tell everybody. And then, yeah. then I'm talking to everybody's ear off and I'm like, and I showed it. And then the word, it says this. And then I found this. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. That's yeah. like the woman at the well, when she got what she needed, she was like, woo. And she went to tell everybody else. Exactly. So if you just asked more questions about God and like went and seeked those answers, uh-huh. like think of how many more moments of that you would have, if yes. that's your type. So yeah. again, that's the freedom. If like you can do type, it. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've poured an out, uh, enough out into your ears today. Yes. Um, let's just sum up with everybody is wired uniquely different. Um, you have a different set of personalities. And yes. so just I want you to reflect on what that is and what works best uh, for you. 
and find find a friend and if you can't join our community yes. to help re- alleviate some of the pressure by the stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. of who we need to be and who the world tells us to be and who we think we're supposed to be according to the word sometimes yeah. it's not been interpreted by our brands properly we want you to know that you're not alone in that yes um we're gonna put some resources in the link below if you haven't gained a few nuggets from us already yes um and we just want you to know that it's it's just growing from up on here yeah be from here free. on up yeah be free don't judge yourself uh, flow with the holy spirit um every day is an adventure and some days are better than others just don't stop going you know yeah. Keep following him. You'll oh. be okay. All right. Thanks, Latricia. Thank you, Emily. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Emily here. I just wanted to thank you on behalf of Satrice and I for listening to the Messy Faith podcast and allowing us to speak into your life. And hey, we don't want it just one way. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at any time through our website, our email at ask at messyfaith.com. You can like us on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you listen to us at. And hey, we'd love a little review. Can't wait to hear from you.